if you want XYZ as a goal, whether that's 20 transactions, whether that's 100 in a year, you know, why don't you just go, go somewhere quiet or maybe go for a walk and, and visualize you actually doing that? You know, so if you're goal setting, go sit down with yourself in the future and say, you know, this is the person I became and these are the things I did and these are the things I gave up in order to, to do that goal. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. What's up, Real Estate Rockstar Superfans? I have an amazing interview today with my friend and colleague and fellow coach, Ryan Weary from the Atkinson team in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. Now, friends, listen, Ryan's going to be on track to do over 80 transactions this year, and he's only been licensed less than four years and left his full-time job not much more than a year ago. So stay tuned for an amazing interview with Ryan Weary. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones, but me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um, it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly it's just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. 
Well, my friends, welcome. As I promised you, I'd be interviewing my friend and colleague, Ryan Weary, today from Medicine Hat, Alberta. Ryan, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks so much, Court. Appreciate having having me on here and uh, started listening to Real Estate Rockstars back in like 2018. So definitely honored and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I want to know more about that journey. So, I mean, you and I have been friends a long time, Ryan. We've worked together a long time, but for the sake of our listeners getting to know you a little bit, what was going on in your life around 2018? It was a complete disaster in 2018, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, to give give the listeners a little bit of a context or the cliff notes, I guess, of my journey. Um, gosh, rewind it all the way back to 2010. I went, uh, went to the University of Texas at San Antonio um, on a golf scholarship. And uh, that's that was my goal my whole life. Hey, let's get down south as far as we can and and play golf in in a Division One uh, NCAA college. So that was good. That was from 2010 to 2014. Um, turned professional in 2014, right after I graduated, and uh, tried to live that dream of playing professional golf for three years, uh, all the way up till kind of it was later in 2017. And admittedly, probably early 2017, I knew, hey, like this probably isn't for me. Um, gave her a good go and uh, hung up the sticks uh, kind of October 2017. And then, uh, yeah, entered entered the corporate world. And uh, that kind of began my journey, uh, which eventually led to real estate. Um, quickly noticed in the, in the corporate nine to five that, you know, definitely not for me. Um, it was a great learning experience over the over the couple of years that I was doing it. But uh, yeah, it only took me about eight months to realize, hey, I need need something different. So um, obviously that's where uh, you uh, enter the scene. And uh, yeah, that brings us kind of to 2019. Got my license um, January 1st, 2019. So yeah, it's been a ride. Yeah, well, there's lots more to that ride that I that I want to unpack for the listeners. But I, I always am interested in in the details or the gaps of of stories. And so, you know, you're in this job for a little while. For the sake of our listeners understanding, you know, what you were into and what you were doing, maybe you could help them understand the role a little bit. Because from my perspective, it seemed like a pretty amazing job. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people, you know, when I when I told them I was transitioning to real estate, they're like, what? You're doing what? Like, you got such a good gig going. And for a little context, I guess, uh, the guy that I was working for, he was actually my my main sponsor when I was playing full time golf, because obviously you need you need some bankroll. I mean, it, it, it's costly to play in tournaments. So um, when I decided I was done, I, I didn't have anywhere to go. I had a degree in communications. All I've ever done well is play golf, and uh, now I had to ha- I had to find a job, and that that was a tough time in my life, to be honest, Court. Um, you know, you, you you prep your whole life, and and you want to play on the PGA Tour, you want to make a living playing golf, and and to have you know, I tell people to have that pilot light of your dream extinguished, that's that's tough. Um, but it was it was one of those things that I realized I had to do. I'd always told myself, you know, growing up or even turning professional, like, hey, as soon as I plateau and can't see the next level, that's that's when I'll, I'll hang it up. And that obviously happens. You know, if, if I had a magic wand, I'd love to be playing on tour. But, um, you know, that's life. And and to have that that big setback, I, I don't even call it a setback, but to, to have that pilot like burn out on your childhood dream, that that was really tough for me. So I'm, I'm grateful to have uh, have had that job right off the bat because there wasn't much, you know, kind of leg time. Uh, between you know not playing golf and and working, so I essentially just asked the, my sponsor. I said, "Hey, do you have do you have any role in your in your corporation for me?" And he he said, "Yeah, absolutely. Just just come work under me." And and um, my my title was director of communications, but really I was I was more of like a glorified executive assistant. So started out doing whatever he needed 
if you need, you know, an agenda done, minutes done, I basically just wanted to get as close to him as possible, learn, learn as much as I could. And, and then it turned into, you know, whatever he needed, whether it was a travel companion or someone to take his dry, dry cleaning in, uh, I was his guy. So, um, yeah. great, grateful for him. Uh, it was, a, it was good while it lasted for sure. Yeah. Well, and for context, I think it's important that our viewers know that the guy that Ryan was working with is a multiple nine figure guy, you know, arguably the most wealthy person in Southern Alberta for sure. And, and definitely one of the most in Canada. And so uh, having proximity to somebody like that, that had to be a tough thing to a attain knowing the quality of, of people in his corporation, but also had to be a tough thing to leave too, because, you know, you're seeing and, and having access to, you know, private jets and, you know, flying around and, and seeing like a, a whole different world. And, and uh, it had to be hard to, to let that go to make a full-time transition to real estate. It, it was. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the, the lifestyle or, or, you know, the things that I was exposed to were, were really cool, but, um, and maybe this is just the competitive nature of myself, but I, I couldn't see much growth. Um, and, and uh, within the corporation, I, I thought, geez, like if, if I just keep down this path, then, you know, I, I might get a bonus here and there. I might might be able to, you know, move up a little bit. But, you know, the ceiling was there and I saw it right away. Um, now that that job was necessary to obviously start providing for my family, have some stable income. Uh, but like I said earlier, it only took me about eight months to where I was like, hey, this this isn't enough for me that this I can see this kind of, you know, mouse wheel going going to work every day, doing the same thing, same weekends off, same holidays. I'm like, geez, I'm kind of capped here. You know, there's not much more for me to do and and i totally respect people that love their nine to fives you get good benefits you know you know exactly how your months are laid out and that mm -hmm. that just wasn't for me and that's you know where quite honestly court you know real estate wasn't even on the radar i i looked internally and said hey what what more do i want what do i like doing and then i look for industries that that fit that right now for context i want to fast track and then we're going to circle back again but how many transactions did you do last year 70. Okay. And what about the year before that? Um, well, I'll, I'll go 2019. I was 27, 2020, I was 47. Uh, and then 2021, I was 70. Uh, and then on track to, to do over 80 this year. Right. So I just think that's such a crazy story in such a short time to take on a trajectory like that for a guy that didn't even have real estate on his, on his radar. And so for the sake of our viewers and to help inspire folks that are in the middle of making a transition like this, Ryan, if it's okay with you, I'd like to just unpack, you know, each of the steps that you had to take to make this transition to full time. But then I'd also like you to be as transparent as possible around the struggles that you had with mindset and fear around each of those next step. Because, you know, I, I remember being around for those things and, and I appreciate that journey and, and how you managed it. But I think our viewers and listeners would really be uh, appreciative of hearing that from you firsthand. For sure. So in, in 2019, when I first got my license, you know, you're starting January one with a license and, and I didn't, I didn't have any clients. We didn't have a pipeline built, didn't have anything starting from scratch. And you were and, still working uh, full time, right? Still working full time. Yeah. So from nine to five, we, you know, and then I was traveling with my boss on, on the weekends, especially he has a hot, couple hockey teams. So in the wintertime, lots of weekends away. Um, so it, it was a, it was a juggle of, Hey, how am I making this work where I am needed at a desk for the majority of my day, how can I, you know, take advantage of my lunch times, uh, my evenings, and my weekends when I did have them off to try to cram all my clients into that time? And that's that's very difficult to do, um, especially we all know how real estate is. Sometimes you have to go, 
right? So through 2019, 2020, 2021, as my business started to snowball, that became a lot more difficult to, to manage. Um, 2019, it wasn't, wasn't too bad just because of the volume wasn't quite there. Um, but then 2020, 2021 was, was, was very difficult that way. And ultimately my side hustle became, you know, the first year I made as much income as my, my base job, which was great. Second year, I'm making a little bit more third year. I'm like, why do I have this, this base income when I could take that time and do a lot more with it? And my dollars per hour just didn't make sense to keep that job anymore. Now there was a lot of, you know, other benefit that way, but at the end of the day, I need to think of, Hey, what am I missing here? I'm capped out in time. There's no more time left. I'm working a full-time job. I'm trying to do 50 plus transactions over here and something's got to give. Right. And that, that was, that was stressful, not only on me, but on my family too. Cause I was, you know, working till five o'clock and then I got, you know, six, seven, eight showings to fit in. I'm writing offers and, you know, I'm trying to be on a call with my corporate job and then I'm negotiating deals on the side under the desk kind of thing. So it, it was a juggle for sure. And, and ultimately it came down to, where do I want to be in five years? Do, do I see me having this job or no? And eventually I just cut it out. And mm. uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because I, I find uh, just my nature. I try to hold on to things a little bit too long. And uh, I wish I had done it a year earlier, but hey, that's, that's okay too. I mean, from, from my perspective, it looked like you, you, you made the transition fairly quickly. And I think our, our viewers would, would benefit and our listeners would benefit from, from hearing more about that. I just want to dive a little bit more deeply with you. And so I'm going to ask you a question. I already know the answer to it. What certainty did you have that the time that you were about to let go of, the 40 hours that you were about to let, about to let go of would turn into sufficient more transactions to cover off that income that you'd be letting go of? What guarantee did you have? Not, not much, to be honest. I mean, I had an inclination right. uh, that, hey, like this is going to work out. But um, you got to think, you know, in terms of supporting my family, like I'm giving up a, a pretty solid base income. I'm giving up a lot of benefits as well, right? So, That's you know, right. I, I had to think, okay, am, am I going to bet on myself? And the, the answer to that is yes. Yes, I'm going to. And I might as well double down on, on my time I have in real estate because as I said earlier, I could see a future. There, There is no ceiling with real estate and that's the beauty of it, right? And those hours that I got back, not only could I invest them in taking a little bit of time off, but also go down other paths with real estate that I didn't even know existed until I actually gave, gave that other stuff up. Right. And so I appreciate acknowledging that there's never a guarantee, but you had the sense that you wanted to bet on yourself and that if you had uh, the ability to create the success that you'd had up until that date, that you could then replicate that by dedicating that time to, to more in real estate. And so walk us through that transition. Walk us through how you came to that point. Like give us like the three to four month window of time where you're like having this struggle in your mind, rolling it over like a hundred different ways to Sunday up to the day where you just decided to, to say enough's enough. Sure. And, and there's a good story with that, that I'll share with everyone. Um, this would have been early 2021. Everyone knows the market was, was nuts everywhere, probably all across North America, especially in, in, uh, in our market, things started getting really crazy early 2021. And I could see I was way ahead of my goals. Cause I think in 2021, I only wanted to do 50 deals. Cause I thought, well, I'm working full time too. 50 would be a, you know, a nice solid, solid goal. And, um, fast forward to, you know, February, March of, of 2021, things are going nuts. Transaction numbers through the city are through the roof. And I remember I was uh, out showing 
uh, people a few houses on my lunch hour. And I got a call from, from my boss at the time and he needed me back at the office, like immediately, like, where are you, Ryan? Like, you need to get your ass back here right now. And the issue was his zoom, his zoom link wasn't opening. Right. So that was the stuff that I was trying to deal with on a day to day. And I remember calling you Courtney and I'm like, dude, what, what do I do, man? Like, this is driving me nuts. I'm literally had to leave clients. Thank goodness they stayed with me. But I said, I have an emergency I have to go to, to go open the zoom link. Right. And I, I called, I called you and I was, I was upset. I'm like, what do I do, man? Like, I can't be doing this. This is way too hectic. And, um, I don't know if you want to share what you said, but you basically just said, uh, well, you gotta, you gotta leave it, you know, you gotta quit. And, uh, so that's what I did that afternoon is I went into my boss and just said, thank you, but you know, I, I gotta go. And, and the beauty part of it was, you know, he responded really well. He, he knew it was coming, I think. Um, and he was very grateful for me and, and wished me all the best. And it, it, it it's awesome to still have that relationship with them. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was when you called. I was in uh, somewhere between Bow Island and um, uh, somewhere between Bow Island. And I think, uh, I don't know, seven persons or something. And um, I remember saying that and then talking to you, like not even like minutes later, you just saying, yeah, I did it. I, I, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, I just thought we were having a conversation. And then like three to six months down the road, you'd, you'd hand in your resignation, but no, um, for the sake of our listeners, Ryan's the kind of guy that takes action uh, immediately. And I think we all, you know, we all kind of sometimes just need someone to encourage us, like just one person, like just that one person is going to say, listen, it's going to be fine. Like, just let this thing go. And it's it's cool that you and I, I think have been, been those people for each other over the years when it comes to making hard decisions. And, and that sounds like it's been a great one for you. And so walk our listeners through the journey through the rest of 2021 after you made that decision. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, just to circle back on that story too. I didn't even, I didn't even clear this with my wife. So that's how good of a relationship we have. Uh, I, I just kind of told her that evening. She's like, what you did, what? And then she supported me, which was fantastic. So, um, but yeah, the rest of 2021, I mean, in our market, um, transaction count was up 40% from 2020, meaning 40% more houses sold in 2021. So there was, there was a lot of paychecks up for grab and I'm so happy I, I gave up that job when I did because it, it, it opened up our opportunities to take advantage of that market. And now I know, I know the market's shifting a little bit um, throughout North America too. And I've been telling people, hey, if, if you didn't take advantage of the end of 2020 and 2021, then, you know, what are you doing? Because things are going to get a little tougher here. And hopefully you've, you, you've done enough work in the past few years when things are really, really good that you have no issue kind of weathering the storm. Right. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Lamborghinis and Ferraris up for sale here over the next couple of years. There's no question. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about some of the things that you did systematically during that time, because not only were you crushing deals and cashing paychecks, but you were also building infrastructure. And I, I would like our listeners yeah. to hear a bit more about some of that infrastructure that you built, because, you know, for clarity and transparency, you know, we're on the same team together, the Atkinson team, you know, collectively, there's maybe 35, 40 some agents on our team of which Ryan's been a part of since 2019, as you've heard. And I know that you've done a really, really exceptional job earning a lot of sphere of influence business and referral business. And I, I wonder if you could just walk our listeners through what you took the time to do, even though you were so mad busy doing all those transactions to ensure that should a market shift like this one come up, that you'd be earning even more easier gravy or deals from past clients. So if you don't mind sharing some of that, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Court. And hopefully, you know, as a listener, hopefully this is my golden nugget that, that people can take away uh, with them and, and do something similar to it because I encourage all of our agents on the team when we're goal setting to, to, to look 
at your business two to three years down into the future? And what are, what are you doing today in terms of systems, in terms of following up? How are you building your sphere? Because now that I'm in you know, my fourth year of real estate, I'm getting those referral businesses. All the work I did in years one, two, and three, I'm slowly starting to get that residual benefit now. And the beauty, everyone knows this too, working with past clients, working with SOI, those, those deals are gravy. You're never in competition. You're already in rapport with those, those people. Those transactions are the best. They're the smoothest. And quite honestly, they're probably at a higher price point if you're dealing with past, past clients. So what I did in year two was, um, this was right when we moved over to eXp, um, I used KV Core, which is a CRM, and you can use any CRM. I tell people like anything better than a piece of paper, just use a system. And every time I close the transaction, I put a, a, a closed client in a separate CRM into KV Core. And then I just have a very basic five-star rating system uh, from one star to five star. And I just rank my past clients. And then basically a one star is, hey, I'm probably never going to repeat business with this person, whether you know that be an estate sale or someone you know moved to the States and I'm usually not going to be in contact with them. So I would classify a one star as a, a low chance of repeat business. Um, second star would be, they're going to be in my social media. I'm going to be sending them automated texts, uh, on their house anniversary and on their birthdays. Okay. I'm going to send them a generic card at Christmas time, for example. Okay. Third star would be basically what I would clear, uh, deem to be a really, or not a really good chance, but a good chance of repeat or referral business from these people. Okay. So they're getting all the automated emails. They're getting, you know, me on social media. They're getting me, <clears throat> sending them letters every couple months, whether that's just a market update. They're also getting a little bit of what I would call, you know, capital back. So I'm get, sending them, you know, gift cards in the mail, things like that. So as, as I go up in the stars, they're getting more value back from me. Four stars is where I need to start popping by. I call them pop buys where I stop by their house twice a year with a branded gift, whether it's a coffee cup or a hat, a branded hat, just something, hey, how's it going? Checking in in person. And then I'm doing all those other things as well. Um, and then five star would be, you know, I'm rolling out the red carpet for these people. And an agent shouldn't have more than 15 to 20 of these five star people because, you know, if I see them out for dinner, I'm picking up their tab automatically. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know everything about them. I know what their kids do. I know what sports they play. When they, when they call me, I answer immediately, no matter what I'm doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's some structure there, right? And it's a very system systematized process. It's in KV Core. So if I need to send, you know, mail drops or whatever the case is, it's super easy to do. And it just takes me probably, I probably shell out, you know, 30 minutes a month just updating that CRM. It's it's very simple and it's it's effective. And and I didn't see the benefit of it in years two and three, but I, I certainly am this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and again, I just want to circle back for clarity for our listeners' sake. So Ryan and I are on the same team together. He's a team leader with our team. He's a coach with our team. He's a mentor in our team and going to be on track, like we said, to, to do over 80 transactions this year. Of those transactions this year that you'll do in 2022, Ryan, how many do you think will be personally generated, sphere of influence, past clients, so forth? I'm on track for about half. So that's, yeah. I've closed 44 deals this year and I'm right about at 20 for um, coming from either past clients or from Sphere. Yeah, that's incredible. And so for what you're saying, you know, talking about 30 minutes a month, in addition to Sierra, which is our company CRM, you're maintaining your own now, establishing your personal brand with them. And it's so great to hear how effective that is, because I think so often agents that are on teams 
think that they don't need to or, or shouldn't have to or don't want to invest the time and energy to systematize these things. But at the end of the day, you know, here you've done this consistently over a couple of years and now your income is dramatically different than it would have been had you not done that, right? Correct. Yeah. And like I said earlier, those those paychecks are a lot bigger, whether, you know, if your team has a SOI list or whatever the case is. But when I'm getting referrals from people that I've done business with, for whatever reason, they're at a higher price point. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, social media is a very another you know powerful tool that that we'll probably discuss to just stay front of mind, because I believe the, the right touch points um, for past clients is like 33 a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously my one star, two star aren't getting 33, but definitely if you're three, four or five, you're definitely getting 33 touches from me, whether it's just a touch base, whether it's a video on social media, whether it's a pop by. Right. There's a lot of ways and, and agents might be like, holy crap, 33, that's a ton. But not if you systemize it correctly. It's, it's not that much at all. Yeah. And what's the value of 40 additional transactions? I mean, if we do the math on that, the ROI is like 10x. I mean, realistically, it's probably more like 30x, 40x. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing compared to the initial investment. I mean, what would you spend in a year between all the dinners that you pick up, the cups and mugs that you drop off and the time, whatever you value your time at? What do you think your total investment would be on an annualized basis for those people? I would say about five grand, maybe that much. Like, so yeah. it's not, it's one deal, essentially. Right. Yeah. And you're going to turn that into call it a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number is. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then also yeah. in my mind too, I'm, I'm thinking of my business in years six, seven and eight, you know, mm -hmm. where now it's like a snowball effect, right? If I'm taking care of these people and I'm churning out additional business, and then I'm also getting business from the team. I mean, all those people are going to be into this database. Everyone's going to be, you know, ranked in a very, very easy structure. Mm -hmm. And when I look at year six, seven, and eight, it's it's nothing but the gravy train then, right? Because then it'll right. probably be 75, 25 from past past clients versus where team, right? That's right. And that also that also, you know, if you think from a team scale, we're also giving more opportunity to members on the team too, because I don't need to do as many deals from the team. I got my past client, I got my book of business built up. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron, which is you for a quick commercial break, but I think you guys are gonna think this is super cool. I recently got to interview Pavan Agarwal. He is the founder and CEO of SunWest Mortgage Company, and they have this really cool thing I wanna share with you called Morgan. After years of development, SunWest Mortgage Company, a national leader in mortgage origination and servicing, has launched the newest iteration of proprietary AI platform, Morgan. SunWest's novel application of open ledger technology is groundbreaking and will redefine how real estate sales are transacted. I got to ask him all about this in our interview and the technology is so neat. You don't have to be doing loans with SunWest Mortgage for it to be of value to you. But listen to this. AI technology converts a pre-approved property specific loan to a property agnostic tradable token like an NFT. I'm still learning about NFTs and he explained it to me in the meeting how this is going to work and how once they approve something, other you only have to get approved once. Other lenders can then bid to do the loan for you after that quick approval. This approach not only opens buyers and sellers to wider opportunities, but empowers all income bracket borrowers with the ability to present offers with certainty without open-ended financing contingencies. Thus, the borrower is now armed with the strength of an all-cash offer that sellers prefer. 99% of thousands of loan conditions SunWest received daily were received within two hours, and over 30% of those were reviewed within only 30 minutes. So whether you need an updated pre-approval at 10 p.m. on a Sunday or instant feedback on guidelines, Morgan is free and available 24 hours a day 
to cater to your mortgage needs. You wanna try this thing out? Go to usemorgan.com. I asked him about this during the interview. I started using it and started playing around with it. You just go to usemorgan.com and you start having a conversation. Whether you're asking about getting your buyer pre-approved, whether you have a question about a, a buyer that just bought a car and if they're still going to be approved now or how that might change. These guys are doing some really, really cool things in the business. They said in the next six months, they're going to start to get approvals down to within just minutes, like full lender approvals within just minutes using this AI tool, not talking to a person, but like texting things back and forth and working it out. So go check out this new technology, usemorgan.com. Right, right. Ryan, for the sake of our viewers and in, in helping them understand why you'd want to be on a team, uh, can you explain the SOI system and how that works and how you can make more money by by doing exactly what it is that you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So when we onboard an agent or when I came on, um, we basically tell them, hey, make a list of 150 people that <clears throat> you know or have a high chance of doing business with. We call that our SOI list, sphere of influence list. If that agent does business with anyone on that on that SOI list of 150 people, their splits are dramatically higher. And then also, if you've spent three years on the team, you get an additional 150 people. So for me, now I have 300 people on my SOI list. And uh, you better be damn sure that I'm giving those people a little extra attention as well, right? Because yeah. that's that's the beauty of the team. And, and a lot of agents, they just look at splits. But there's so much more to that. And now that I've been in it for three and a half, almost four years now, I'm starting to see the real benefit of the team because... Yes, an agent, an individual agent may tell me, hey, Ryan, you know, I only had to do 50 deals last year to make the same that you did doing 70. I'm thinking, well, okay, give us five years. I'm going to have 100 more past clients than you. Mm -hmm. And if I do those 100 correctly, that's going to be 20 to 30 easy deals every year. And it's just going to snowball. So I think it's a lot easier building a book of business this way. And we haven't even dipped our toe into the stuff that the team does that I am number one, terrible at, and number two, don't want to do, right? So I'm leveraging my time accordingly. And that's something that I've been very cautious of is anything I'm doing in my business, how can I leverage this eventually? How can, how can I get out of things that I'm, I'm not really good at doing? Let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this year you're just putting in place uh, the showing partner model, giving that a trial. You're the first person on the team to give that a shot. Maybe talk about that and how that supports some sure. of what you've just said. Of course. Yeah. So one of my goals this year, um, and this is probably the only one of my goals that's really tough to measure, but, but I want to work 30% less this year than I did last year. And I want to increase my, my, my transaction count. Um, and, and really one of the major ways we've identified to do this is implementing a showing partner model. Um, just like it, I was when I, you know, quit my other job, I was scared to implement the showing partner model because no one on our team has done it. I don't know anyone in our market that really has anything like it. Um, and I was like, holy smokes, how are my clients going to perceive this, me not being there in person, right? Mm -hmm. But I do know like, hey, if I want to leverage and keep leveraging and keep multiplying my business, I need to be in more places than one, right? So if I can have a showing partner, I can deal with more clients, right? And so the structure we put in place is, is pretty simple. It's um, we pay we pay my showing, showing partner, Taylor, we pay him. $25 a house per client up to 10 houses. Okay. So if I set him with the buyer, he can make up to 250 bucks. We haven't had to show more than 10 houses yet. May have to adjust that moving forward as inventory replenishes, but then he also gets 5% split from, from my end um, when we close a deal. So it works out great. It's, it's definitely a win-win. And quite honestly, I'd probably pay more 
now seeing how good it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear and, and great to hear that you're going to recapture so much of that time. And I think there's kind of two lessons here. I think one one lesson is that, you know, you've scaled your business dramatically the right way, you know, leveraging a lot of the team's benefits for sure, but also treating yourself like what you are, an entrepreneur, right? And and not being lazy around the importance of backfilling some of those some of those systems like you have so that you can set yourself up for even more easier transactions. From a team's perspective, you know, for the team leaders that are out there or folks that are on teams, I want to remind you that, you know, so long as your team continues to have a sufficient value proposition and can create additional opportunity for the people in your organization, creatively, constructively maintaining strong culture and connection, we can all continue to win together. I think the, the challenge for some people is when they start to feel like the gap of winning is, is too far swung in, in either the agent's favor or most likely in the team's favor. And so by, by tiering the splits with that sphere of influence list and adding some wild cards in there, and by doing what Ryan's done and making the, the deals a lot easier, I think you can, can kind of continue successfully working together over a longer period of time. One of the other things I wanted to highlight, Ryan, that I think is so cool what you've said, and underpins a bit of what we've talked about here is that not only are these folks that you're doing business with easier clients at a higher price point with less resistance, but you also have to spend less time with them because one of the things that we take for granted is that the higher the trust and the experience that they've already had with you, the, the less time you have to spend with them. You know, it's not three hours of getting acquainted at the beginning. It's a text message saying, come list my house. And then that time's cut in half. And then the follow-up time is cut in half. The negotiation time is cut in half. And they're out showing houses with you. That time's cut in half. Like everything just gets easier. Yep. And so we got to think about dollars per hour now. Like if we're making bigger paychecks and spending half as much time working with those clients, then we've just doubled our income or greater, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about doing. Absolutely. And then you can allocate those hours however you want too, right? Like, you know, I won't lie. I played a lot of golf this, this spring already because I'm able to, I wasn't able to in the last few years. And, <laughs> and um, you know, it, it, it takes a newer agent a couple of years to get there. But in my opinion, it's so much easier to do on a team just because you have so many more resources and, and you're able to scale, right? We, we all know those independent agents that, you know, are scared to go on a vacation because they're doing their showings, they're doing their signs, they're doing their lock. But they like the, we, we all know the laundry list of things that, that agents do and, and it's stressful. And this year, I can't tell you how much happier just, just my, my mental health has been, my, my physical health, because I have time, right? And, and it's so yeah. valuable that way. And, and the beauty of it is I can still see there being a lot more potential to leverage out of stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about that. There's two things that stand out for me, Ryan. One is the the goal that you have of winning 100, 100 tournaments. And uh, the second thing I want to I want to talk about so our viewers get to know you a little bit better is uh, about your um, your uh, your your run this uh, this spring and the money that you raised. So can you talk us through those two things? Sure. Yeah. Um, so golf is still it's still in my soul. Uh, if you are an avid golfer, you know exactly what I mean, but it's definitely my, what I call my vehicle, the competition. I'm a competitive guy. I think that's why I like real estate so much too. Um, but, uh, basically after, after I stopped, stopped playing professionally, I, I got my amateur status back and, and I made this goal. I think I thought like, you know, it'd be cool to win a hundred golf tournaments. Like that's kind of like a cool lifetime goal. I still love playing golf. I love competing. Um, and obviously it's at a lower level, um, so that's, that's been a goal of mine, uh, ever since 2017 is, you know, eventually whenever, whenever time comes due, um, I, I want to have at least a hundred wins. So I definitely make that a priority. You know, that a lot of people on my team know that they see a lot less of me in the summertime. 
Um, but, but again, you know, I'm, I'm in an industry and I, I've built a business in a way where I don't have to stress if my phone's off for five hours, like it, it it's gonna, it's gonna get handled and, and I don't need to, you know, worry about all that little stuff. And now yes, income has a big, big part to play in that as well, because I have some financial freedom and, uh, you know, and, and to your, your second point there, um, you know, being, being able to raise some money through stupid challenges is, is good too. So, um, <laughs> this March I did, I did it last year too, but last year I did the four by four by 48 challenge. For those of you who don't know, um, it's a David Goggins challenge. He's an ex Navy SEAL. He wrote a really good book called can't hurt me. Uh, highly recommend it. And, uh, he, he started a run where you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. And last year, last year, this would have been, yeah, 2021. Very few people knew I was doing it because I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't know if I could, <laughs> could accomplish it. And I, so I did it and I was like, oh, shit, this year I might as well raise some money. So I uh, raised some money for the local Ronald McDonald House, um, Children's House in Medicine Hat and raised like 15 grand. So uh, it was good. Put the body through some tests. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. Good to run for a good cause, too. Yeah, pretty badass. And one more question before I move on to uh, some of the success that you've had and your investments and that sort of thing. Uh, how many how many tournaments have you won? What's the what's the, your number right now? About forty seven. Right. And I, so I love this because Ryan texts me a picture with his trophy every single time. So I'm like one of the first people that gets to know us. So I, I just love that. Thanks for doing that, Ryan. You bet. Um, Ryan, one of the other cool things, there's a story that comes up for me about a phone call that you got from your banker and, uh, some investments that you've, that you've made over the past couple of years and keeping in mind that you haven't been licensed, you know, a, a real long time, but, uh, but you have been able to make some substantial investments. Uh, can you walk our listeners through that so that they can have some sense of what's possible in a very short period of time after having let go of a full-time job? How many months ago would that have been now? Uh, that would have been, well, it would have been a year in uh, April. So whenever that is, 15 months ago. Yeah, 15 months ago, Ryan left his full-time job. And so so walk us through that phone call that you got from your banker and your investment portfolio to date. Yeah, so I kind of got into real estate not even realizing what we did. But me and my wife, we bought bought a condo back in, in 2017. This was right kind of when I transitioning away from golf and, and uh, bought a nice townhouse condo. And then uh, in 2020, I was out showing my buyers some houses um, and I thought, geez, this is a nice little bungalow, like everything kind of we're looking for. And sure enough, we ended up buying it, but we kept that condo. <clears throat> now, I'm not advising people to buy townhouse condos for rentals, but, you know, it's not making a ton of money, but we got someone covering the bills, paying down our, our mortgage. So we got that one. And then last year, uh, ended up buying a fourplex uh, in Medicine Hat. Uh, got a decent deal on there. And <laughs> about two weeks after it closed, um, my guy from RBC calls me and he said, Hey, Ryan, uh, just so you know, like you, you got room for one more. And I got, <laughs> God, yeah. Like, why, why do you have to tell me that? So, so I'm thinking we'll definitely get one more, um, whether it's a probably keep to the fourplex. I like fourplexes, you know, you, you can still go under a residential mortgage in, in Alberta with fourplexes. So, um, definitely get one more. I, I do foresee there being a ton of opportunity in the next year. Um, so it's nice to kind of build up the cash and for those opportunities. Cool. And how old are you right now, Ryan? 30, just turned 30. Yeah. So that's a pretty killer story. I mean, a guy just turned 30, uh, having his banker call him and ask him to go out and buy another fourplex, um, you know, for, for well north of half a million dollars uh, in the same year. So congrats on, on that tremendous success, Ryan. Now, listen, I, I I know that um, there's so much value that we could give listeners, but we don't want to drag on too, too long. So if you could give, you know, the people that are listening here, one or two big 
you know, tips so that they could accomplish some of the success that you've accomplished here in such a short period of time, what would you leave them with? Uh, I try to impart this on, on our agents too. Um, and it takes a little bit of visualization. Um, and, and I'm not saying you need to do this every year, but if you are goal setting or if you're in a tough spot, you know, I tell all our agents like, Hey, if, if, if you want X, Y, Z as a goal, whether that's 20 transactions, whether that's a hundred in a year, you know, why don't you just go, go somewhere quiet or maybe go for a walk and, and visualize you actually doing that, you know? So if you're goal setting, go sit down with yourself in the future and say, you know, this is the person I became and these are the things I did. And these are the things I gave up in order to, to do that goal. Right. So you kind of have to visualize yourself, your future self with those goals, with everything you wanted. Like I said, whether it's a transaction number, whether it's more time with your family, but what, what does that person look like? You know, has that person lost a little bit of weight? Has that person not drank as much maybe this year? Has that person implemented something to make their life easier in order for them to get their goals? Okay. So mm -hmm. I kind of, I call it, you know, go visualize your future self. What has that person done? How can you implement those things? And mm -hmm. it, it becomes a little bit more tangible for people to goal set instead of just throwing a number out there. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if I eventually want to do a hundred transactions in one year, well, that version of Ryan doing a hundred transactions, it does look significantly different than what Ryan does today. And that's, that's okay. But I kind of know what that person looks like, because let's face it, court, like, if, if, if you're doing X number of deals and you want to significantly ramp it up or you want to significantly leverage out, you have to become a little bit of a different person. And I encourage all my agents not to think, you know, what can you do? Add on, add on. Think of like, what can you give up? Like, is there a substance that you, that's not good for you that you can give up? Is there certain people around you that you can maybe distance yourself from? We all have those people around. So, so what's not, not serving you. And, and sometimes that's even more important than adding on stuff is, Hey, what can I remove from my life that no longer serves me? That's super powerful. I, I just want to dive a little bit more deeply on that. I know you and I had a bet uh, a little while back and I don't want to rob you of this story, but I think it was such a tremendous bet uh, that you made and it was directly connected to, to this story. I wonder if you can, you can share that with our listeners. Yeah. And that would have been late last year, uh, right. kind of in the, in the fall coming off a of golf season. Um, yeah. and I just, I just said, Hey court, you know, I, I've identified with myself. I'm, I'm definitely having a few too many cocktails in the evening. You know, I, I try to cut back and, you know, cutting back doesn't really work for a lot of people. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to cut this out for a while. And, uh, one of the beautiful things about, you know, being on a team is that you do have, you know, accountability partners and anyone's ready to be accountable for anyone on our team, which is a really cool thing to have in your culture. And, um, you know, I, I basically just gave you five grand and I said, court, if I have a Cash. sip of alcohol in a hundred days, then you get to keep that five grand. I don't care if you go blow it in Vegas, donate it. I really don't <laughs> care. So I give you five grand cash and when a hundred days, no booze. And I can honestly say I've never felt better. It was fantastic. So yeah. And I did yeah. get that money back, which is nice. Yeah. And well, one of the hardest things that I remember seeing was you at the staff party uh, around Christmas time, not having a cocktail. Cause I think you had to go right up until new year's Eve. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, and, and, and people, you know, they said, well, I can't believe you did that during that time of year. And there's never a good time. You know, there's always going to be excuses. Right. And I, mm -hmm. I think as a whole, as a human, as long as you're, you know, trying to avoid that stuff as much as possible. And we all know where that threshold is. Right. And, and, you know, for some people it's booze, some people it's other relationships, you know, we, we all have crutches and as long as we're trying to limit it, and I think that's, that's good. Cool. So that's a, that's a real, 
tangible, personal thing that that one can do for their health. I, I love the idea of visualization and goal setting. Is there something practical that you think that maybe a newer agent or somebody transitioning from a full-time job into a full-time real estate career might consider or might um, might leverage uh, from from your advice or your experience? I think I think you got to spend time around people that that have done what you're you're wanting to do. Because even like yourself, Courtney, you know, I implemented a showing partner model this year. But I remember there was a time when you were getting out of production as well, and you, and you were fearful of the same things. Like, how are your clients right. going to perceive you not being there, right? And you're trying right. to do that at a ten out of ten level where you're getting out of production completely. And you were the right. one that was doing the lion's share of transactions at that time. So mm -hmm. for any new agent, I, I would advise them like, hey, number one, get around someone that has done what you're trying to do. Okay. That's why the showing partner model is cool because you can get a newer agent that's basically mentoring under you. Right. And then number two, whatever kind of scares you or whatever, you know, you're uncomfortable with, whether it's a listing presentation or certain scripts or certain pitches or, or certain strategies or, or conversations, lean into that fear and, and kind of go that direction and ask the right questions to the right people. Because, you know, whenever I feel that fear of, you know, implementing a showing partner model or giving up a job, you know, once you do that, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. We should have done that before. And you kind of joke about it. But in that moment in time, you're stressed about it and you're worried about it. So, you know, that's fear has definitely been an indicator for me of where to go next. Right. And right. and when you get there, it's it, in retrospect, it's never that bad. So that's those are two two little tips. That's a that's a great dovetail. And I want to give our, our listeners the opportunity to connect with Ryan because Ryan's also a coach with our company, Real Estate Growth Solutions. And um, Ryan, if people wanted to talk to you about how to create similar success in such a short period of time, how to implement something like the showing partner model, how to leverage, how to be effective, how to systematize, how to do a lot of the things that that you've done uh, over over months, what, what would be the best way for them to connect with you to discuss that? So Facebook, just Ryan Weary, um, and then Instagram's Ryan.Weary, uh, but they can always call me, text me, 403-548-0813. Uh, happy, ha happy to help any of the listeners. Like I said, I've listened to this podcast before I even got my license, so honored to be on here. Yeah. Well, so good to have you, Ryan. So many, so many beautiful tidbits that you've shared with our listeners and uh, so much more to unpack. Uh, so folks, if you care to hear more, do reach out to Ryan. I'm sure he'd be happy to share with you and, and explore some of the ways that you can uh, grow on your own personal journey. Ryan, uh, not only is it a great pleasure to get to hang out with you on a day-to-day -day basis and see you mentor uh, our fellow team members and to see you grow personally and professionally, but it's just a real honor to interview you. So thanks for being on Real Estate Rockstars today, man. It was awesome. Thanks, Court. Appreciate your time. All right, man. Take good care. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there so go give us a review also 
be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.